Father Moriarty explained to me that you do not applaud in church, so you proved him wrong. I'm so honored to have this opportunity uh, to be with you this evening. I, I came a little bit earlier while you were praying the stations, and I have to tell you that your chanting was spectacular, and it's just, it captures that sense of Lent and the journey of Lent, and in, in this magnificent church, it's, it's something to behold. So I, I thank you for your witness. I certainly thank you for your participation here this evening, and uh, Father Moriarty said that this was the premier talk. I suspect he says that every Friday evening, right? Um, But it is something very special for me to be here on the Solemnity of St. Joseph in this year of St. Joseph. So I was so grateful for the opportunity and have been looking forward to this opportunity uh, to share a few thoughts uh, with you. I had the opportunity earlier in my life to spend about 18 years in Rome, two different times. And I I grew to appreciate um, the stories that you hear in Italy. Now, Italians aren't exactly the kind of storytellers that are famous in Ireland, but they have such wonderful stories that are always rooted in the truth. And you can ask any good Italian about Dorando Pietri. Dorando was a candy maker, a confectioner. And he lived in northern Italy. He was very small, barely five foot, weighed next to nothing, and prided himself on being very fast. So there was one Sunday when uh, he was working. I know that's not a good thing for a Catholic to be doing on a Sunday. And he was told that there would be a race through the town and the fastest distance runner in Italy was going to be there. And Dorando decided that he was going to challenge him. So he came out wearing his hard shoes and his baker's outfit and nonetheless beat the fastest runner in all of Italy, distance runner. And it it was such a marvel that he began to develop a career as a runner. And in fact, he he represented Italy in the 1908 uh, Olympics in in London. And it was there that he he had figured out exactly what he needed to do. He knew who would be his fastest competitors. He made sure that he paced himself appropriately. And wouldn't you know it, as they're coming into the last miles of the marathon, Dorando is way ahead. He knows he's going to win. But he pushes himself, pushes himself, pushes himself. And the race is going to end in the Olympic Stadium. And he goes into the Olympic Stadium knowing that he's going to win. And he runs the wrong way. (laughs) It's discouraging for him. And he falls. He gets up and he falls again. (laughs) He gets up. He's running, falls again, and at this point, somebody helps him up. And he indeed is the first one across the finish line, but he's then disqualified because he was assisted along the way. Everything was great. He had a great plan for the race. It's just in that clutch moment, he failed. St. Joseph, whom we celebrate today, is exactly the opposite of Dorando Pietri. 
For you see, he, he shines in those clinch moments. He knows just when it is that he has to be able uh, to, to respond with great strength. And that's why we can speak about him as a model in tribulation. We don't see that much about St. Joseph in the course of sacred scriptures. But every time we see him, there's a crisis afoot. Now, one would think that the Lord might have spared from tribulations somebody as fine as St. Joseph. But it's really exactly the opposite. Now, we hear about the seven sorrows of Mary frequently, but that life of tribulation was true for St. Joseph as well. Think, for example, the, the first reference to Joseph in the scriptures when we, we hear about how he's presented with that news that Mary is with child. He's worried about the scandal. He's worried about what, what's happened. In his own mind, he's thought that the best way to do this is to do things, divorce Mary quietly. And yet the Lord has another plan. St. Joseph faces that trial, that tribulation, with great faith. For you see, he's a man of discernment with an incredible desire to do God's will. Now, there's not a word from Joseph in all of sacred scripture. He's a man of contemplation, I would say. When I was in high school, I was a little bit too loquacious and would occasionally disrupt class by my talking. I I would have never made it here at St. Agnes. But the Christian brothers uh, were trying to break me of that bad habit, and one of them, Father Robert Wise, had me write a thousand times one time, I think two thousand another, a wise old owl sat on an oak. The more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. We should be like that wise old bird. I would go on to visit the Christian Brothers School in Jerusalem when Brother Robert was teaching there in the late 80s. And he had the little Palestinian children reciting exactly that same poem. And he had me do it in the class before them. But St. Joseph is one that, that teaches us that value of silence, of how when we're silent, there's so much more that we're able to learn. St. Joseph was that wise old owl. Pope Benedict, who all of us know was was, uh, baptized and named for St. Joseph, said this about him in 2005. St. Joseph's silence does not express an inner emptiness, but on the contrary, the fullness of the faith he bears in his heart and which guides his every thought and action. It is a silence thanks to which Joseph, in unison with Mary, watches over the word of God. What a beautiful way to describe Jesus. It is a silence thanks to which Joseph watches over the word of God, known through the sacred scriptures, continuously comparing it with the events of the life of Jesus. A silence woven of constant prayer, a prayer of blessing of the Lord, of the adoration of his holy will, and of unreserved entrustment to providence. Father Calloway, who has become so famous in the course of this past year for leading so many of us to the consecration to St. Joseph, says about St. Joseph, and I know you're going to hear this from Father Cloutier next week, but that uh, silence is St. Joseph's special weapon. 
He points out that Joseph's silence means he's in communion with God in deep prayer. And it's after those moments of silence that Joseph acts in communion with God. We see that in the gospel that many of us would have heard today as Joseph originally wanting to divorce Mary in, in quiet, uh, in, in, in quiet, then goes on to welcome her into his home. For Pope Francis, there's a connection between that silence and Joseph's strength, his fortitude. He said in Manila in 2015, I have great love for St. Joseph because he is a man of silence and strength. In that first experience, that first episode of Joseph in the New Testament, we see that strength in his silence as he makes the right decision and takes Mary into his home. Then we have the example of Joseph, uh, who was called because of the census to return to his ancestral town of Bethlehem. Imagine making that trek, a four or five day trek with a pregnant wife who's just about to deliver. And he comes to Bethlehem and he finds that there's no room in the inn. It had to be heartbreaking for him. You can just imagine that his, how he felt when his pleading was in vain. Did he lose patience? Did he meet injury with injury? Did he complain against God? We don't read about any of that in sacred scripture. Rather, Joseph suffered in silence, but with attention always on Mary and on the son that she would bear. All of his life up to that point was a preparation for that tribulation. St. Joseph Morello would say that St. Joseph did not do extraordinary things, but rather by the constant practice of ordinary and common virtues, he attained that sanctity which elevates him above all the other saints. It was the way in which he lived a life of virtue that helped him at that moment when he was so helpless and that he was able to continue to, to give all that he had to Mary and to welcome Jesus into that world. And then there's the, the flight into Egypt as, as Joseph recognizes that Herod wants to do nothing more than to destroy Jesus and, and all of the young boys who had been born in that period. St. Joseph, because of that, has to leave everything behind. Remember, he's a carpenter, he's a workman, and, and yet he leaves behind everything to protect Jesus and Mary. He responds once again to God's will revealed to him in a dream. He's focused on the health of his son and family above his own interests. You know, every bishop has a motto, and mine is only Jesus. And I always wish and pray that I might have the kind of detachment that Joseph had. For him, everything else was, was, was worthless other than Jesus and Mary. Only Jesus. He left everything behind, totally detached, so that he could take Mary and Jesus into Egypt. Pope Francis ties Joseph's courage in this instance, to his creativity. 
He says that Joseph is strong, a model in tribulation. He's strong because he is a dreamer. The capacity to take risks, Francis reasons, is connected to Joseph's ability to dream. This is what he wrote. Today, I would like to ask that St. Joseph grant all of us the ability to dream, because when we dream great things, good things, we draw near to God's dream, what God dreams about us, that he might give to those who are young people, because Joseph was young, (laughs) the ability to dream, to take risks, and to take on the difficult tasks seen in their dreams and that he might give to all the fidelity that generally matures in upright behavior, since he was just, which grows in silence, in few words, and grows in that tenderness which is capable of safeguarding one's own weaknesses and those of others. Joseph's strength was tied to his ability to be creative. It's interesting, in the the litany of St. Joseph, we hear first, Joseph most strong, followed by Joseph most obedient, and Joseph most faithful. In Joseph's creativity, it was always striving to know and to do God's will, to be faithful and obedient to God's will. It's a significant source of his strength. So Joseph manages to get Mary and Jesus to Egypt. You can imagine that would have been a complicated process of going into a a strange land with no resources, having left behind your family and your livelihood. But for Joseph, really, nothing was easy because even after he came back to the house in Nazareth, he still faced trials and tribulations. We hear about his family's pilgrimage to Jerusalem, that even that became a trial when he realized that the child Jesus wasn't in their group when they were traveling home. Imagine that, uh, Joseph and Mary, the Holy Family, losing their son Jesus. They surely would be reported in today's age for not being attentive. And yet what we see in Joseph is great strength there because it's out of his humility that he's not even afraid to admit that he was wrong, to change course, to go back, and and to find the child Jesus there teaching in the temple. Certainly it was in part because of Joseph's knowledge of his own imperfections. That became a source of his strength, his humility, his knowledge of self but it also speaks to his great tenderness. Can you imagine that moment when Joseph and Mary finally encounter their son who had been lost, and they have that opportunity to see Jesus teaching the teachers, recognizing how special was this son who had been entrusted to Joseph. You can imagine his delight. There's a tenderness that's there. A strong man but incredibly tender. Pope Francis sees a connection between tenderness and strength in St. Joseph. When he formally inaugurated his papacy in 2013, you know, at the beginning of uh, after the Holy Father is elected, 
uh, there's a mass where he begins his Petrine ministry. I, I happened to be in, in Rome at that time, so I was there at that Mass. And it was on the Feast of St. Joseph, which the Holy Father had chosen. I knew it was either going to be St. Patrick or St. Joseph, and St. Joseph won out. <laughs> but when he formally inaugurated his papacy, he said in the homily that St. Joseph appears as a strong and courageous man, a working man, yet in his heart we see great tenderness which is not the virtue of the weak, but rather a sign of strength, of spirit, and a capacity for concern, for compassion, for genuine openness to others, for love. We're looking this evening at Joseph as a model in tribulation. We're we're marveling at his strength. And the Holy Father would say that part of that strength has to be his tenderness, his ability to love. It's not a sign of weakness, but rather a sign of great strength. So we have, have those examples of, of events in the life of Joseph. We can imagine others for sure, but, but those are certain because they're recorded in sacred scripture. What, what do we learn about Joseph and his strength when we look at, the, at those uh, examples? What's his secret for being a man of strength it's certainly, it's in part because he's a man of that silent discernment. And I'll leave that to Father Cloutier for next week. But he's accustomed to recognizing the Lord's voice in silence. And so when he has those dreams, he's able to recognize that it's not because of what he ate that night that he's hearing those things, but that it's truly the angel. It's truly the voice of the Lord in his life. He's a man of discernment because he's a man of prayer. But it's not just that he's able to discern God's will, but secondly, that he's a man of trust. It's not a one-time action that he trusts in the Lord, but rather it's a habitus, a habit of action. It's what what St. Joseph had been able to develop in the course of his life. Pope Francis, in the document calling for the year of St. Joseph, said this, in Joseph, we never see frustration, but only trust. His patient silence was the prelude to concrete expressions of trust. So if we want to look for where we might be able to find strength in the midst of tribulations, and we all have them, we we imitate Joseph as a man of discernment, and we imitate him as a man of trust. But he's also a man of action, a man of resolve, and that's worth imitating as well. Once St. Joseph realized what he was supposed to do, what was God's will, there was no turning back, nothing that would separate him from the opportunity to do God's will. And so we see that resolve as he goes into Egypt, uh, facing all of those difficulties. He's a man of discernment, a man of trust, and a man of resolve. But also, as as we've seen, he's also a man of great tenderness. And that's where I think it's so important for us to be able to see tenderness as as a sign of strength and not of weakness. I know so often when there are artistic depictions of of St. Joseph, he's He's almost portrayed as a grandfather sometimes. And yet, 
for Pope Francis, he says, you, you, we need to see Joseph as young. I, I think in part it was that difficulty of understanding how Joseph could be chased as a young man. And it's particularly in, in, that, in his youth, in that possibility, uh, that other saints have, have really looked to St. Joseph as a young man. And so you'll see, for example, in all of the descriptions from St. Jose Maria Escriva that it's always St. Joseph is a young man. When you go to an Opus Dei church, any depiction of St. Joseph is of a very virile and, and young man, strong. Huh? Uh, but there's a tenderness to him as well. Huh? So he's young and he's tender. Huh? But he's a, a man out of, in part because of that tenderness that he's always lovingly focused on others. His own tribulations don't figure into his personal calculus because he's so focused on Jesus and Mary. We need to imitate St. Joseph in that way. So often in the midst of our own tribulations, we become so concerned with our own difficulties that we lose sight of everyone else and their, in their needs. It's exactly the opposite, that in those moments of tribulation that we're called to focus on others. Now, St. Joseph is a model for us always, I would say, in each of those areas. But that's certainly true in moments of trial and tribulation as well. And on Wednesday of this week, the Holy Father said, in life, in work, in family, in joy, and in sorrow, St. Joseph always looked for and loved the Lord, earning the praise Scripture offers of being a just and wise man. And then he said this, always invoke him, especially in difficult times, and entrust your lives to this great saint. <laughs> Certainly in the Holy Father's consideration of this year of St. Joseph, there's the anniversary of the beautiful letter that had been written about St. Joseph. But it's far more than that. It's certainly the context of this worldwide pandemic, that in the midst of this time where so many people are, are anxious or fearful, that the Holy Father wanted to hold up uh, Joseph as that model in tribulation to give us hope. Huh? Not only to uh, recognize that he's such a great uh, guide and protector even in those difficult times, but to give us an idea of how we can respond to the tribulation that we're experiencing in our lives. And we know we've been blessed in this country that we, we haven't seen the same kind of devastation that they've seen in northern Italy or in other parts of the world. But nonetheless, we, we, we can experience the tribulation of having our, our lives changed by COVID. Huh? And we recognize the, the loss that so many have uh, experienced or the way in which so many people have had their, uh, been, been challenged, especially our uh, brothers and sisters who are involved in health care. But it's not just COVID. It's all those other things in our lives as we, we recognize the maybe health problems that we might be facing. Uh, we recognize family difficulties or tensions in the family or when we, we worry about family members who have drifted from the church. All of those things are true uh, trials for us. They're difficult for us or when we experience even in our own hearts a, a, a diminishment of our faith or our trust. It's a moment of trial for us. 
And St. Joseph, when we turn to him, is not only a powerful intercessor, but also that model for how we might be able to address those things in our own lives. And so, brothers and sisters, I I offer St. Joseph to you this evening as a model. He certainly has been significant for me, not only as uh, the Archbishop here in St. Paul in Minneapolis, uh, but also in my time as a priest, now more than 30 years, and also in my time as a layman. If you've ever been to um, 777, the Archdiocese, 777 Forest Street on the east side of St. Paul, which is the Archdiocesan Catholic Center, you'll know that we named our, our social hall there for St. Joseph. It's, it's a place where, where we as a staff come together. And, but always, we, I, I chose that in particular because I want to make sure that St. Joseph is there not only to guide us, but also to, to give us that example for how it is that we're called to be followers of Jesus Christ, how we're called to be appreciative of Jesus' presence in our midst, of how it is that we're called to uh, adore Jesus, the Word made flesh. I think that St. Joseph has been significant also in, in terms of uh, giving me some inspiration as well in this year of covid and uh, certainly we, we initially thought about uh, calling for the year of St. Joseph in, in the course of our synod because of the, his uh, incredible example as a man of discernment. But really, it, we, it was doubled down because of COVID and the uh, opportunity to come to recognize what Joseph offers to us as a model in tribulation as well. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, uh, for the duration of this year to uh, hold up St. Joseph as a model in tribulation. Remember to pray not only for yourselves, but like Joseph, be attentive to the needs of others. I invite you certainly to pray for me and for the archdiocese. Pray for our our priests and our parishes and our schools uh, that we might be faithful as St. Joseph was faithful. Ask that we might be able to be leaders and strong as St. Joseph was uh, such a strong leader. And ask indeed that we might have the tenderness of heart uh, that makes him so special and that makes him so easy for us to go to uh, for our intercessory prayer. So we hold him up. We we, uh, trust that this is a moment of grace for this local church and beyond. And we ask for his intercession as we grow closer to his son, that son who was at the very center of his life. May we live like St. Joseph lived, only for Jesus. Thank you.